0: Hello, and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. We hope you're having a wonderful week. For this show's topic, Denise and I are going to do a deep dive into numerology and the tarot. Now, as you have know from previous shows we've done on numerology, You can figure out a lot about who you are and how you present yourself to the world and what your ultimate sole purpose is just by looking at the numerology in your birth date. And so we thought it would be interesting to talk about how if you find your life path number, which you do simply by adding up all the numbers in your birth date and reducing until you get a single digit, not only will that give you clues as to your life path and your purpose, but you can correlate it with the tarot, the major arcana in the tarot deck to really get a deeper understanding of what you're here to learn, share, and teach in order to fully grow your soul. I find it fascinating, Denise, that all of these tend to overlap and connect.
1: I do too. And it goes into that aspect of the tarot may really resonate with you. It may not, but just to see the correlation will give you more validity with where, what your life number means to you, what your life path number may be significant of.
0: Yes. So let's say, for example, that you were born January 3rd, 2000, you would take the numerical number for the month of January, which is one. You would add that to three for the day you were born. And then you would add that to your year. So you would do one plus three plus two. So if you were born on January 3rd 2000 then that would your life path would be 6. So that's what you want to do. You can hit pause if you want if you don't already know your life path number, but simply add up all the numbers in your birth date and reduce 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 until you get to a single digit number. Now, I was reading that the tarot The 22 major arcana key cards in the Tarot correspond to the tree of life in the Kabbalah.
1: Yes, the Tarot goes back so far that there are so many different avenues that you can take with it to make those connections during different historical periods. But yes, the Kabbalah, you can find more information. So if that's something that really interests you, boy, that might need to be another show, Samantha.
0: Yes. I think I would need about a year to do research. <laughs> I keep studying the tree of life in the in the Kabbalah. I really do. I look at it a lot. It comes up so much, especially in the work I'm doing on my other podcast, Psychic Teachers, because we're focusing on magic. So the tree of life comes up a lot and I understand it, but it's like trying to to grasp a dream when you're waking up, you know, like I'll get bits and pieces and then I got to dive right back in and study it all over again.
1: But I find that with a lot of topics that there's no, especially the ones that you learn something and then, oh, there's another layer. Oh, there's yet another layer. And that's how the Kabbalah is for me. The Tarot is like that for me too, though.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. Always something more to learn. And, And that's what's so exciting about all of this. And I think when it comes to ourselves, that's the most exciting journey of all, because there is always something more that we are going to or need to learn about ourselves. Yes.
1: I really think that going within and finding more of a connection with with what makes you tick, how you view and how you navigate is so, so vital.
0: Yeah, it really, really is. Know thyself, to thy own self be true. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) it's all right there. Okay. So, What we're going to do today is I'm going to talk about what your life path number means. And then Denise is going to talk about what your Tarot destiny card that correlates with your life path number means for you. And we're going to try to put it all together so that you can have a deeper understanding your soul plan. Beautiful. Okay. So let's say that you have added up all the numbers in your birth date and you've reduced it to a single digit and you get the number one that means you are the first. (laughs) So if if your life path is a number one, it means that you are always authentically you. You are an original. You have a little bit of a rebellious streak inside of you. Pythagoras taught that this number represents God, the creator, from whom everything originates. So you have a lot of creative abilities as well. You're an innovator. You get stuff done. One life paths are independent. They're very motivated, ambitious, goal-seeking. They like to win, but ones aren't necessarily, I'm going to get you, I'm going to win, I'm going to take this ribbon, I'm going to get the gold. They're not really competitive against other people. Ones are more competitive against themselves. And so they do tend to be very hard on themselves. They are just constantly go, go, go. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's let's finish this. Let's climb this ladder. They are trendsetters. They do tend to emerge as the leader in whatever field they choose. One Life, life Paths make fantastic entrepreneurs. They make good bosses or leaders, inventors, politicians, lawyers, athletes, especially if they're in a solitary sport like tennis, ones will always excel they have a really good grasp on the future, you know? So if you're sitting in a meeting with a one life path, they're going to be the ones to pick out what's important for the company coming up. Or if they're in a relationship, they're going to be able to say, well, we need to focus on this because we've got A, B, and C coming up. They're very future oriented. Excellent, excellent, excellent at working on their own. So if you're a one life path, you will excel either in entrepreneurial pursuits or in a job where people leave you the hell alone. I don't know if there's jobs like that anymore, Denise.
1: I <laughs> thought there were. We were tricked.
0: I know. <laughs> Ones need to be like if they're, you know, that new trend where nobody has an office or a desk anymore. They just communally share. Yeah. that That would not be good for a one life path. They need to be on their own. And they they do best if they're just given a task and told, get this done, and they can go off on their own and get it done. That makes them the happiest. Now, in relationships, ones tend to know exactly who and what they want. And they tend to be drawn to people who are powerful, who are wise and aware of who they are and what they want. But they don't like chatty Cathy's. They don't want someone, you know, penny for your thoughts. What's on your mind? What do you know? What do you want to do? Do They're not that. They're very, you know, just the facts, ma'am. They do enjoy being challenged in their relationships. And they might kind of, especially when they're younger, they might enjoy dating people who play hard to get. They're not after, you know, oh, I like you. I, I like you too. All right, done. No, they need more of a challenge. They also need someone that they can truly 100% trust and respect. So they, they might not be super loyal when they're young and just kind of dating in the field, but once they commit to someone, once the number one life path is like, yep, you're my person, that's it. They tend to be committed for the rest of their life and remain very, very loyal. Now, there's something I find so interesting. If you look at other one life paths, Denise, like Uh, Steve Jobs, for example, is a one-life path. Tom Wolfe is a one-life path, the writer. Mark Zuckerberg is a one personality. While most ones tend to be true originals, as I think those, those three gentlemen suggest they are original, they are so into efficiency and getting stuff done that they tend to be very monotonous in their fashion. Like, look at Steve Jobs. What did he always wear? A turtleneck. Tom Wolf always wore a white suit. And Mark Zuckerberg, what do we always see him in? T-shirt and jeans. It's like they don't need to focus on anything else except getting the job done. I just think it's interesting to look at, you know, similarities between other one life paths. Even if you take, for example, George Washington, another one life path when the continental congress was meeting and you know trying to be like okay are we going to rebel against these british people are we going to set up our own war like what he showed up every single day in his military uniform even though there was no war at that time going on he just wore his uniform it's just this thing that ones do they tend to pick something and once they commit to it they stay with it but they're always innovative like again take george washington he knew It was going to be impossible to beat the British Empire, right? Nobody so far up to that point had been able to do it. And he had this little ragtag army and was like, how are we going to do it? Well, he finally figured out that you know we Americans were freaking amazing, right, Denise? So we could do it. But once he got everyone motivated and inspired to fight the British, there was an even bigger threat, and that was smallpox. And George Washington is someone we can credit with for insisting that all of his soldiers get inoculated, which was a really big deal because back then we didn't really know what that meant. And so to be able to say, yeah, we're going to put a little bit of smallpox in you so that you won't get it. Imagine making an entire army agree with that. But there are some historians that say this one forward-thinking, innovative decision is what helped us win the war. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? And ones will always buck the trend. They will always surprise you. Again, when Washington was elected president, everyone wanted him to be king. They wanted to crown him as a king. And he said, no, he refused that. And when he served his four years, They wanted to make him king again. He said, no. When he served his second term, they wanted to elect him to a third. And he said, no, this is a democracy where we will change up who our leaders are. So ones are constantly going to buck the trend and make you kind of rethink like, oh, I think I know that person. No, a one is always going to surprise you.
1: Right. And all of these things you're talking about, really do relate so strongly to the magician card and the tarot. And the beautiful part of, of the tarot is it's a, a story of lessons that we go through. You start with the fool, it culminates with the world card, but it's all very sequential. And it, as you get to know the cards a little more, you can see patterns and reflections in your own life and choices that will follow that those little stepping stones of, of the tarot that are provided for us. But the magician, and you know that I read intuitive tarot, I I do know the formal meanings of each card, but I tend to blend it with my intuition. So I have, so when I see the magician card come up, what immediately comes into my mind is the next life lesson is starting action, empowerment, choice. You have all the tools you need to move forward. And all of those things do exemplify what you were just saying. But if we want to go a little deeper dive into the magician card the number one, which we're talking about, it aligns with the planet Mercury, which is also about action. It's also about an energy of making things happen, a can-do personality, very strong psychic ability or intuitive ability. When you think about having all the tools you need to move forward, that also relates to the four elements. So a lot of times people that are aligned with the one energy are going to have a connection with the elemental energies. They're going to have uh, maybe a way to use nature to harness their own personal energies. You may be drawn to more of the, and this is just coming in right now, but, you know, is, is someone with a life, a one life path would be staying grounded, really be important that that earth energy staying grounded. A lot of times magical and occult powers are related to the number one, and occult gets a funny word because it, it does have some dark connotations, but I'm looking at it in the manifestation, the magic, the connection with spirit kind of way. And a good question to ask yourself if you're, if you're aligning with this magician card is where am I focusing my energy? Because if you, a lot of times in the symbolism of the magician card, the the infinity symbol is very prominent in, in the, Rider weight deck, which is a, a very traditional uh, deck that most people are familiar with, that symbol is right over the person's head. So then you can think of, oh, it's right about the crown chakra. It's making that connection with spirit and endless energy of the universe. But when you think about the magician energy, it really symbolizes how to direct your energy towards the things you want to accomplish, which aligns, so, so beautifully with what you just described as a one life path and some questions you may want to consider are where are you focusing your energy? Are your objectives clear? What skills are needed for this situation that I'm going through? And how are you communicating to others? What do you believe? What do you see? But it is very much, even if you just want to give it that little tagline of action, empowerment, choice, moving forward, I think that's a beautiful way to internalize the energy of this card.
0: Yeah. And I think if you have the the one life path with the magician tarot key card, you have to remember that you have all the tools within you. On that table in front of the magician are all the tools of the tarot, as Denise said. And so what happens to a one, because every number and every card in the deck have their positive and negative attributes, right? Right. So the one, while they can be super, super smart and focused and hardworking, ambitious and driven and innovative, they can also be incredibly self-critical, aloof and difficult to get to know. They can also think that they're so right that they don't look at the helpers they have around them. They don't see those tools on the table in front of them, or they can be so self-critical that they forget that they are magical and they can be co-creators. And so it's really important for a one to be able to recharge their batteries in solitude and have that independence and alone time that they need to think and process, but to also remember to reach out to help when it's needed and to not be so hard on themselves. If you have a one life path, you are always going to create magic in your world for yourself and others. I mean, as I said before, George Washington, you know, helped lead the nation for the first time and create this democracy like we'd never seen before. Steve Jobs, without him, we wouldn't have iPhones and Apple and on and on and on. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the one personality I mentioned, created Facebook, which, you know, really changed so many things. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is a one life path and look at her Goop program and what she's been able to accomplish with that. Martin Luther King Jr. is a one life path. Um, Without him, where, where would we be in terms of hope and equality? Susan B. Anthony is a one life path. Where would women be without her fighting for our right to vote? So ones, when they are focused and concentrated and they call on that magician within them, can do amazing things. Now, if you are the two life path, twos are a very interesting number. The energy of a two is all about love, harmony, and peace. And so twos, they love peace. They love to work as a team. They love to work with others. They're often very, very charming. In numerology, it's considered a number of balance because without the number two, the positive and negative couldn't exist. And many consider it a number of love because the number two marries the number one to create the number three. It represents balance and cooperation. If you have a two life path, you are probably very intuitive. You are most likely incredibly empathic. There are two numbers in numerology that really point to natural innate psychic ability. And that's the number two and the number seven. Twos, however, they, they hate conflict and they will often put up with a lot just to avoid a fight. So twos can also get themselves embroiled in codependent relationships. Their energy is very loving and kind and generous. In relationships, they tend to be very loyal and committed. They love to be around people. They love to have a partner in their life. So very different from the one energy. Two, they don't like to be alone. They Other people see you as fun and fun-loving, very, very loyal. Friends, family can always count on the number two to be there for them, to show up for them. Twos make excellent mediators, negotiators, counselors, psychologists. They have a lot of compassion and empathy for others, so they make fantastic teachers and social workers as well. Twos are also, however, about duality. Think of yin-yang, yes, no, up, down, true, false. So while, yes, they are very loving and giving, they can also be incredibly sensitive, moody, passive-aggressive, and resentful. So twos... When they think they're right, they tend to dig their heels in. They tend to have very strong opinions. So it's really important for a two energy to learn to set boundaries, to love themselves first, and to really understand how to accept other people and other opinions. They are much more comfortable playing second fiddle. Do you like that play on words? (laughs) So it's really important for twos to be comfortable in positions of leadership or they can let success pass them by so if you think about the number 2 it's it's all about connection right because it's connecting the number 1 with the number 3 it's 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 marrying the number 1 so they're really good as as mediators and creating harmony where they are. If you were in a meeting and there's a two life path in there, the two is going to be like, everybody, let's just get along. Let's just refocus, okay? <laughs> They're the ones that that it's going to calm everything down. One of their traits that they need to work on is caring way too much what other people think about them. So they tend to take other people's opinions really personally. So if if a two hears that someone's been uh, gossiping about them, or someone has said something negative about their work, they tend to shut down and withdraw quite a bit, and they need to really work on avoiding that. Wayne Dyer is a two-life path. And if you think about his work and his family, I mean, my gosh, he was the father to six children. Twos love being with their family. They love doing work that helps bring everyone together. And if you look at Wayne Dyer and all of his talks that he gave on PBS and all of the wonderful books he wrote, you will see that he was his work is all about bringing everyone together. He was constantly writing and teaching about forgiveness and love and self-love and inner healing. He understood this world of duality that we live in, and he encouraged people to work with it rather than fight against it, which is so typical of a two-life path. He once wrote, be miserable or motivate yourself. Whatever has to be done, it's always your choice. So he was always helping people to see the, the choices in front of us and to be the mediator between those choices to help us choose love. Now, We are here, if you are a two life path, you are here to embrace this duality within yourself. And the best way to do that is through the intuitive side of your two nature. So do you want to talk to us about the high priestess card?
1: I do. And for me, I always consider twos as being very inner, reflective, going within, The High Priestess, for me, and my own, you know, the whole intuitive connection thing is, you know, cycles in your life, trusting your intuitions. she always shows you what you need, but it is very, very much about going within. It's that mystical side of life and intuitive abilities and bringing them together. The High Priestess card aligns with the moon. So if, which again, if you think about cycles and patterns and shifts that you may be going in through internally or in your external world, that's going to be reflective in that moon energy as well. Paying attention to your intuitive abilities, following those cycles of your life of the moon, etc., Uh, Tuning in, but the, the high priestess is also very, very much about deep inner wisdom, inner knowing, good judgment, a psychic and mediumistic ability. So if you're a two, which makes perfect sense, if you're going within and seeking that inner knowing and guidance, it's going to open you more up more to, you know, being a conduit to, to connect with spirit and, and higher um, vibrations and messages. A lot of times uh, this card can be a gateway to the Akashic records or to the Akasha. It's about independence and self-reliance, which when you do go within and internalize and find what, what really resonates for you in your, in your soul seed, it does give you a sense of independence and self-sufficiency with how you may deal with other people or situations or, you know, bring that harmony to to other groups, dreams, astral travel, seeking guidance and counsel, especially from, you know, there's a very feminine energy to this. I'm not going to say woman or female, it's just a feminine energy. And I think right now that's one of the things so many of us are working on is realizing, blending that feminine and masculine energies within is actually the balance that we're trying to emanate and bring forth. Uh, Moods and changeability. Some questions you may want to ask yourself, you know, what rhythms or cycles in my life do I need to be aware of? If you're working with the energy of the high priestess and she is going to always show you what you need and you are going within, are you repeating patterns? what what knowledge are you really looking for what answers are you really really trying to find which goes back to what you said earlier you know go within and the answers are there is there something you need to remember or discover or explore are you being secretive are you hiding something are you not being forthcoming because everything has duality everything has a shadow side and with the tarot ourselves with people with circumstances Are you really using your intuitive abilities, your psychic abilities, your dream abilities to find the answers that you're looking for? The high priestess is yin. She doesn't have to chase the answers. They just come to her. And I think that's the goal that we're all looking for is finding that inner knowing within to be able to connect and trust what we're getting.
0: Yeah. And that's something that two life paths need to do is not seek the answer outside of themselves or base the answer on other people's opinions but to really trust that intuition that's inside of them, just waiting to be discovered. Okay, let's move on to the life path number three. Three is considered the luckiest of all the numbers in numerology. So if you have a three life path, well, more power to you. I think it's such a fun and happy number. Keywords for a three life path are creative, imaginative, joyful, inspired, the number three represents wholeness and completion because it embodies mind, body, and spirit. Pythagoras said the number three was the first complete number because it represents beginning, middle, and end. And as I said before, it symbolizes creation because the number one marries the number two to create the number three. So if you think about the number three throughout literature, it's just Interesting. It pops up all the time. Fairy tales use this idea of the number three to represent creation. We have three wishes, three fairies, three little pigs, Goldilocks, and the three and the three bears. Christians use the number three to represent the Holy Trinity. So it's a very powerful, potent number filled with creativity and possibility. So many writers have the three life paths. Charles Dickens, Robert Frost, Dan Brown, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Jane Austen, just to name a few. So three energies will always feel happiest when they are creating. They love to write. They love to entertain others. They love to tell stories. They often enjoy being the center of attention. In addition to making great writers, actors, performers, and comedians, they also make fantastic counselors. They are very empathic. And this energy allows them to feel for others in ways that many others cannot. If a three is not allowed to express themselves creatively, or if they're forced to work in a job that makes them unhappy, they can get very, very sad. Threes experience really big mood swings throughout their life. I think it's because they always want to be happy. You know, it's who they are. They're always seeking this joy. And so when anything happens that doesn't make them happy, they fall pretty hard. So one thing that a three-life path needs to get a handle on is regulating their moods and emotions. They are kind of like the girl with the curl in the middle of her forehead. You know, when, when they're happy, they're really happy. When they're sad, they're really sad. So this is why it's super important for a three-life path to really practice self-care. They are known to stretch the truth a little bit, but only in an effort to tell a better story. They are excellent communicators. So people will often be drawn to you for advice and help. People will feel very comfortable confessing to you, telling you their stories. Now on the downside of the three, there's not a whole lot of downside to a three life path, but one of the downsides is they tend to have what some call the Peter Pan syndrome. Threes they just love being taken care of. And so they tend to have a much harder time leaving the nest and growing up. They need to really watch out for a tendency to rely on others to take responsibility for them and their decisions. So it's important for them to be aware of that. So similar to a two, they also can get embroiled in codependent relationships. They're very at ease in most social situations. People often see them as lucky, carefree, and easygoing. Now, this isn't necessarily true. Like that's just how they will present themselves to the world, and it's how they want to feel inside. Within a three, there's always a lot going on. Uh, they tend to have an easy time making money, but you know they're very carefree. So they might make it easily, but some threes will spend it just as easily. So balance is really important for a three. The other thing that can be very difficult for a three life path, because they're so popular and likable and lovable and they get away with a lot, and because they have so many different talents, a three life path really needs to focus on one talent at a time and give that their all, rather than, well, I love to paint, I love to write, I like to sing. You, know, you need to pick one of your talents and focus on that until you see some success. One of the examples I always use as a perfect example of a three life path is Carol Burnett. She has had so much difficulty in her life. She was raised by alcoholic parents um, who eventually abandoned her. So her grandmother raised her. That's I'm sure you guys know. That's why she always tugs on her ear. That was her sign to her grandmother to say, I love you. She was incredibly poor her whole life until she graduated college, which she got a scholarship to. And when she finally did become famous and had all the success that we know and love her for on The Carol Burnett Show and others, uh, she then had to watch her one of her daughters go through a really, really debilitating drug addiction uh, from which she eventually, thankfully, kicked only to die at a young age from an illness. So as much success as Carol Burnett has had, she's had a lot of pain and loss and suffering. And yet, When you think of Carol Burnett, what do you think of? Smiles, love, and laughter. And that's exactly what a three is. No matter what life hands to them, they are always going to smile and feel and focus and remember the love and the good things. And so I think that's just something wonderful about a three
1: life path. It's a beautiful story and it exemplifies what the three really is all about in the life path numbers. And in the tarot, it's the empress, the mother, motherhood, nurturing, caregiving, giving birth to something new, creativity. It aligns with Venus, which makes sense, the planet of love. It's also about physical comfort, appreciation of art and beauty. This is maternal urges. It's It can be indicative of Mother Earth. It can also be about grounding your energy, so similar to what I said before, but this is really about sensuality, pleasure, abundance, fertility, birth, marriages, putting connection to things, like really bringing, making new combinations. It's, it is that desire to give birth to something remarkable, awareness of your own sense of beauty and grace, uh, attraction, charm, self-indulgence, all the things that you were talking about in the life path number are coming up with, with this description of the Empress card as well. Prosperity, attention to the body and senses, promotion of good health for for growth and well-being. So, you know, ask yourself, am I taking care of myself? Am I nurturing my creativity? Am I using those mothering qualities for other people, but also for myself? What creative projects are growing and developing? And I'm finding more and more that creativity seems to be such a needed aspect for so many of us. And and it doesn't matter if you're a computer programmer or you're you know, doing pastels. There are, creativity is a very, very wide range and finding something that can express that aspect of who you are truly does help bring balance into all aspects of your life. Personal opinion, uh, what are you attracting to you? What's inspiring you? What's nurturing you? How are you indulging your senses? But it truly comes back to exactly, this is a beautiful energy about new, fertile richness. Whereas, you know, the high priestess is a little secretive and maybe a little mysterious. The, The Empress card comes living, you know, full on. She's here to open her heart, open her arms and embrace life. That is beautiful.
0: And just to recap, we've got the life path number one, who's the innovator. The two is the lover. Three is the creator. So now we're up to the f- number four life path, which is the teacher of the other numbers. And for any astrologers out there, I kind of think of the number four life path like Saturn. They're a, they can be a bit of a taskmaster, but four is also about so much more than just teaching and learning and growing in that way. Fours also represent balance, commitment, and education. Four is really important in sacred geometry. Just as a table needs four legs to balance, a four life path needs roots and stability to feel grounded, safe, and happy. Pythagoras taught us that the number four was a perfect number. He said that the tetrad of the number four represents God, So as you can see, this is a big number with a lot of important things to do. We also have the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water, four directions to balance a compass, north, south, east, and west. In nature, we have the four phases of the moon, the four seasons, the four winds. So we see over and over symbolically that four is all about balance, stability, and commitment A four life path needs this sense of rootedness, groundedness, and balance in their own life in order to feel safe and able to really do what they're here to do. They need a lot of serenity in their home and a solid relationship. If you know someone with a beautiful home, I'm talking like a Martha Stewart, good housekeeping cover, perfect home, they probably are a four life path. Their homes often reflect who they are. Now, if you do know a four-life path who has a beautiful home and you go over to visit them and their house is a chaotic mess, you know something's going on in a four-life path world because their outer expression always reflects their inner expression of what's going on inside of them. They also make wonderful hosts because of this reason. They have a talent for making people feel welcome. So they tend to give wonderful parties. They tend to have an open-door policy. They love organization, a schedule, a routine. They tend to put a lot of effort into their appearance in their home, but not in a vain or superficial way at all. It's just their love and appreciation of beauty. In relationships, they are incredibly devoted to their life partners. I mean, they are probably the most loyal of all the numbers. In fact, they will often stay in a relationship that isn't working just to feel that sense of security. They also are known to have lifelong friends, and they are noted for remaining loyal to people their whole lives. As I said, they're considered the teachers of other numbers. So if you're a four life path, you love to learn new things and then share them with others. Um, You know, sometimes this can annoy people because fours are probably the most opinionated of any other number. And so they can be very, very stubborn, very fixed in their beliefs. They will just tune out anything and anyone who doesn't jive with what they're thinking and what they believe in. So one of the things a four needs to work on is learning diplomacy and when to share their opinion and when not to. They can also be perfectionist, which can manifest as procrastination. So often a four will put something off for a long time simply because their perfectionism requires so much work to get it done the way they're seeing it in their head that they avoid doing it. And so for this reason, they tend to have kind of a dreamy quality to them, and they need to be careful not to avoid their work. So rather than being the big, innovative dreamer of like the number one, fours do their best work when they're told what to do. So they they work really well. This is one of the reasons they work really well as like a, a teacher, because they still have that autonomy of leadership that fours love, but under the guise of a principal telling them what to do, if that makes sense. So fours just like the cyclical nature of the weather, fours are usually pretty predictable and reliable. They have to understand something thoroughly from all sides before they can make a decision. So like a three or a five who are going to get too soon, they tend to make big leaps of faith and just jump in and dive in and take a risk, not a four. They will evaluate everything. They'll listen to others. It's their stubbornness. They, they take a long time. To really figure out what they want to do, and then they go for it. Now, one of my favorite people on the earth is a four life path, at Dolly Parton. And if you look at her life, she really does exemplify a four life path. She has been incredibly loyal to her home. If it weren't for her, I don't know where Pigeon Forge would be. I mean, because she built Dollywood, she gave so much work uh, and really rebuilt an entire economy right there in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. But I think the most amazing thing she's done, you know, aside from her fantastic music career, is her focus on education. Her imagination library has mailed over a hundred million books to children all across the country. Um, and I don't know if you knew this, Denise, but it was her funding that helped us get our first COVID vaccine off
1: the ground. Oh, I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah. So she she does so much cool, amazing stuff and she never brags about it. And that is so typical of a four life path. They just want to do their work, head down, nose to the grindstone. Uh, they're not looking for applause and appraise. praise. So I think it's it's just it's so fascinating to look at her life because you would, if I looked at Dolly Parton, I would look at her and I think, oh, she's a three or an eight for sure, you know, because she's so creative, but she's also so hardworking. But when you do her numbers, she's a four and it makes sense because she's all about uh, education and and really helping others behind the scenes. Um, Leonardo da Vinci is also a four life path. And again, you'd think he'd be that three, right, with all of his amazing artwork. And yet, if you look at how fastidious he was with his sketches and notes and inventions, it makes sense that he's, that he's the four. Uh, Bill Gates is also a four life path and look at all the work he's done, to eliminate um, you know, certain diseases around the world. So it's interesting to look at famous people who have your life path and see commonalities. Oprah Winfrey is a four, and look at what she has done to educate the world on so many things from, from trauma and healing to uh, hope and renewal.
1: It's incredible. You can see that the personality traits between all of those people which are about being very benevolent. They're also they're helping so many people because the Emperor, which is the card number four, which aligns with this, is about hard work, discipline, structures that create security. You know, my little tagline for that is father, father, figure, boss, uh, action without doubt, making decisions based on what you want, not what you think you should do. Very, very strong, powerful card, very strong energy with the the Emperor. It's also, you know, it aligns with Aries. And if if you know any Aries in your life, they're very strong. They're very opinionated. I, I mean, I love Aries, the fire, the, the humor, they're sharp. There's so many positive aspects to that sign. But this is about following those laws of society and can feel a little serious because that's, if you think about the empress connected with flow and the laws of nature, and then you If you're following the sequence and you come into the emperor card, it is more about following those rules. The emperor, a lot of times people don't realize this card is also about beginning and initiating new things. Action is a road to fulfillment, life, passion, vision, seeking stability, which goes back to that number four of building a new foundation, rites of passage, turning points, creating a stable situation in which to function protecting and supporting someone or something else. Sometimes the energy of this card can feel a little hard-headed or stubborn or it has to be my way. Sometimes when this comes up upside down, I'll, it will feel like stepping away from a place of ego. So I'm not saying that if you're a number four or that you're aligned with the emperor card, that it's ego, but there does have to be a certain amount of ego in order to have those other aspects come to fruition. Seeing natural and human resources, building, construction. So they can be very visionary in a structured way, this emperor card can be, and relying on reason and power. You may want to ask yourself if, if this a lot, if this feels like your energy or you this card comes up for you, where do my ambitions lie? What am I organizing, building, doing? What kind of emperor do you want to be? Do you want to be energetic and imaginative or maybe a little more you might be leaning a little more towards rigidity. So you have to kind of watch that. Are you establishing guidelines and parameters around your life so that you can grow and evolve and build a a stronger structure? And who has the power and authority and how is it being used? So I think all of those are, are very much about this energy of the emperor card and also, again, support the four life path.
0: Yeah. And it's fun. you know. I hope you guys are listening to this to learn more about yourselves, but it's also fun to listen to this, to learn more about the people in your lives. I have a friend who's a four life path and, and I love her to death. She is incredibly loyal. She is a lifelong friend, but man, oh man, when she thinks she's right about something, there's, there's not a darn thing you can do. Like if she decided the sky was purple and I tried to show her the sky was actually blue. Nope. There'd be no change in her mind. And once I figured out that she was a four life path, and that's just the way she was, it helped our relationship so much. Because I was like, "Yeah, it does look kind of purple today." You know, like I just go with it now. You're not gonna, you're not gonna change their mind. A four life path will only change their mind, just like a strong emperor uh, when he or she decides to. Yes,
1: this has been has been so much information. has become much, much more in depth and involved than. In- we anticipated, so we'll need to continue with the life path numbers of five through nine in our next episode.
0: And so we hope this has been fun and entertaining, but also illuminating. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please remember, as always, to show up, do great work, and share your light.